Same sound as a good sound. Well, first of all, where are you seeing a jukebox? Where are you going for this? Well, this is box? when I, this is I'm talking. I'm 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 living in the past. So I'm talking. Can about I be honest with you? I've lived my whole life. I'm I'm on the planet longer than you. I don't even see one jukebox. Where are you finding them? I'm talking. But when you were growing up, you had them, right? No, I had a jukebox. What? Where do no, I get no, a jukebox? You, and we'd no, go no. to the uh, the deli or the, the no, deli. diner, Howard, and there'd be a, a jukebox. A diner had a little uh, thing you could play a song. Maybe that, but I mean, where was he seeing all these jukeboxes? Wait, you're <laughs> telling me the bar at BU. Well, you never went to the bar at BU. I never went I'm to sure the bar. The bar at BU probably had a jukebox. Every bar that I no. went to growing up had a jukebox. I never went to a bar, except uh, uh, up in Narrowsburg, New York, I used to go to a little bar and get drunk. I didn't have a jukebox there. It was a bunch of hillbillies and me, and we sat and drank and talked about guns. Sounds that was incredibly it. depressing. <laughs> yeah. That was it. But uh, ju- favorite jukebox song. I mean, I don't even know wh- what he's talking about. But here, listen Suspicious to the Suspicious Miles by Elvis Presley. Wait a second. <laughs> listen to this. These aren't necessarily my favorite songs. These are songs that just sound unbelievable on a jukebox. So I'll start with uh, Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley. Just sounds great <laughs> on a jukebox. My Way by Frank Sinatra. Is there any jukebox in the world that doesn't have that on it? Mac the Knife by Bobby Darin. Be My Baby by the Ronettes. Only the Lonely by Roy Orbison. Don't Stop Believing by Journey. I don't even really like that song that much, but for some reason, when it's on the jukebox, holy shit, it just sounds... Who, who, who holy shit? <laughs> who bought holy this? Shit. <laughs> now, I'm you had one shit. moment in this whole list said, you know, that's right. N- no. <laughs> I don't even know what this list is. I don't <laughs> even understand. You don't even know what he's I, talking about. No. <laughs> I, I don't even like that song, but boy, does that sound good on uh, a jukebox. It, it makes you shit your pants. Along, <laughs> along with that song. I mean, Per, why would well, some, some of Chef the songs Bully. are communal, Howard? Why would communal? this song sound better? Why would "Don't Stop Believing" sound better on a jukebox if you don't like? Because, it? Like, why does it because, sound so good? Because some it songs are communal. Vibrate. What does he mean? A song is. Communal. Are you talking to me or the puppet? I'm talking to you. Okay, because some of the songs are communal. So, what, like that song, I, maybe I don't like it on the radio, but when you're in a bar and everybody starts singing it, it just sounds better. Mm. Oh, so it's not the song coming out of the jukebox. It's the people singing. Well, it's part of the, it's the environment. How's that? It's the sound <laughs> and the environment. Really? I tell you. Right, I asked you to go a long way, Robin. I apologize. <laughs> here's a list. Take, take of, your shoes off. Here's a list of my favorite foods, but aren't really my favorite foods. But when you eat them on fine china, they're my favorite foods. <laughs> I can do that list. Yeah, because there's a, a record. Sorry, Gary Puppet. Yes, Gary Puppet. Asparagus is very tasty on fine china. First of all, you know you know that the yeah. speaker in a in a jukebox is kind of shitty, so it's a it's a different sound. It's a tinny sound, like the oh, way so some, now some, 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 this some is, sounds better in a car than. Let me get back to the list. Better. It's it's just crazy. It sounds great on a shitty, shitty <laughs> speaker. Some songs sound better in a car than they do on a good sound system. I was at Tom's car. Uh, wait, Hello, you guys Robin are talking Robin. all over the place. You gotta, you gotta pipe down while the, this is playing, Gary. Yeah, just, let's listen to Gary. <laughs> Alone again, naturally, Gilbert O'Sullivan. You might see a theme here. These are all old songs. You can't take a song from the '90s and put it on a jukebox. At least not for me, because old songs go on a jukebox. That's what they are. Rock and Roll Heaven by the Righteous Brothers. Go look that one up. That song's really schmaltzy, but it sounds great on a jukebox. Radar Love, Golden Earring. Another phenomenal song. Like I said, these are songs that sound great on a jukebox. I'm sure you've got your own list. No, I don't. No, no one else has a list of that. (laughs) I guarantee you. Your own shitty list. I guarantee you there is not one person in America who has a list of great songs (laughs) on a jukebox. I guarantee it. I can. can They they don't run to the jukebox and say, do they have my way? Because I got to play it. It's on a jukebox. Yeah, that's never happened, Robin. (laughs) Never in the happened. ten years in the ten years since the release of the book, have you received any mail from anyone in any way that says, "Hey, you know, Gary, I was inspired by your book. I went out and made a jukebox list," or I, or or have you received any type of uh, letters about this? I have gotten tons of letters for real that people right. were inspired by my book, having nothing to do with the jukebox. Most of most of the mail that I got, it was a decent amount, 
was um, they also had a crazy family member and they wanted to tell me their story as well. And I, I kind of get it. Yes, Tanner, you're on. This is Tanner from Ohio. Yes, sir. Hey, now, Howard. Hey. Uh, I was wondering if you uh, still had those clips of Gary from his audio book talking about getting fucked by John Hines. Yeah, I'm sure I have them somewhere. I'll take a look at it. Yeah, this is fun. Gary's audio version of the book turned out, for us anyway, to be comedy gold. And uh, Gary loves his list so much. And people have always made fun of Gary's teeth. And he talked about it extensively in his book. Oh, I've made fun of Gary's teeth. And, and evidently throughout his life, people have made fun of his teeth. You were not the first. <laughs> so in honor of Gary's 10th anniversary, we had the Gary audio book called The Dentist Office. Uh, this was actually the first call we ever made with drops from the book. And I'm um, bringing it back out again. This is um, a little history of Gary's book. Daniel, how can I help you? Hi, I'm Gary. Hey, Mr. Gary. So you're going to be a new patient in our practice? My entire life, I had teeth that were stained in a strange asymmetrical pattern. <laughs> okay. Tetracycline staining? I asked a girl out once, and she turned me down because of my banana-colored chompers. Oh, no. Well, it sounds like we need to do something about those banana teeth. Mommy, they took a poll, and four out of five dentists said he doesn't own a toothbrush. Oh, no. Seriously, it's pretty damn bad when your mouth is your smelliest orifice. Yeah. I swear, homosexuals smell Gary's breath, and they go into heat. Interesting. Nope. Hung up. That's he hung it. up? Yeah. This poor man. <laughs> those are lines from my book? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Banana colored chompers. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, let's see what else I have here in honor of your book. Here's an example of when we played Robin the Gary audiobook section about the Beatles. You couldn't stop laughing. Do you remember this conversation? This is a walk down no. memory lane. By the way, this is yeah. the sound I imagine if you were to get Robin in a bedroom and you pull down your pants and you have a little dick. <laughs> this is exactly what I imagine hearing. This is Robin listening for the first time as I described uh, the Gary audiobook section about the Beatles. These were the two records where the Beatles really went from being a pop band to becoming the band that we all know and remember with the poor. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what is the sentence again? Repeat that sentence, Robin. I don't this think she can. They went from a pop band to the band we all know and remember them from. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to die from this. I, mean, that didn't kill this I told you this book's me. funny. You said to me it's not a funny book. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, I'm that isn't the even... same laugh you'd give when you saw my penis and it was small, is it? <laughs> My goodness. You all right over there? I'm going to pull myself together See, so we, love, can, we can get through the list. You love the new book. I love his comments. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Gary I gotta touches turns to humiliation. It's, uh, I got to give Robert credit for being I got to give Robert credit for being consistent. She's crying right yeah. now. For real. When you I'm curious, when you presented the book, the finished manuscript to the publisher, what did they say about the list? Were they like, wow, Gary, these lists are going to really light up the literary world or what? What did they think? They were, they liked them. I think they thought, listen, it isn't a book of list. These are just right. little interstitials between the chapters and they thought okay. they uh, worked nicely. Right. Not a book of lists. Just a book with a lot of lists. <laughs> By the way, uh, Gary's uh, book has inspired other comedy bits in 1989. If you remember back in Gary history, Gary purchased a Hanna-Barbera animation cell yeah. of the character Baba Louie. Was it Hanna-Barbera or Hanna-Barbera, I guess. I don't know what it was, but anyway. Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera, yeah. Gary uh, pronounced his favorite character Baba Louie as Baba Bowie, hence the name Baba Bowie. And Gary dedicated an entire chapter of the book to the origin story of the nickname Baba Bowie. So, of course, we took the drops from that chapter and called an art dealer oh. and here we go yeah what can i do for you 
In the late 80s and early 90s, collecting animation art became popular. Uh-huh. A Mickey Mouse at the time sold for more than $400,000. We don't sell art, though. We do picture framing. That's all we do. I'm strictly a Warner Brothers collector, but I am thinking about dabbling in the Hanna-Barbera stuff. What, 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 what can I do for you? I'm thinking about getting a Quick Draw McGraw or a Baba Booey. I'm sorry, what? A Baba Booey. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. How much does a Baba Louie go for? But I, I don't even know what the hell that is. A Baba Booey. A Baba Booey, whatever it is. I, I, Baba Louie. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell a Baba Louie is. You're going to hang a picture of a guy and you don't know his name? Uh, no, you keep giving me the fucking run around. I want to know what can I do to help you. Okay, you keep talking about Baba Louies and all this other shit. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. A Baba Booey. <laughs> On our phone right now is Gary Audiobook uh-huh. with his reverse bucket list. Let's listen in. Oh, I He's can't ready. wait. All right. Hello, uh, Gary Audiobook. This is my list of the most amazing things that I've got to do that I thought I would never do because I was involved with the show. So, number one, shooting a machine gun out of a Black Hawk helicopter 150 miles north of Kandahar, Afghanistan. And i got to tell you, if you're a man and somebody gives you the opportunity to put both hands on a machine gun and shoot it, it's the most amazing feeling in the world. Uh, Gary, audiobook. Uh, let me stop you for a minute. I... First of all, what is a reverse bucket list? He, because he works on the show, he has no time to do these things. So it is his bucket no. list. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's a it's a list. Mm-hmm. I, I now I remember it's a list of things I never thought I'd get to do, but I got to do because I work on the show. But why is that uh-huh. a reverse bucket? Uh-huh. Oh, I see. Because you got to do them. Right. I see. Uh, that's not. That still doesn't hold water. That bucket. Number two, being in the number one movie in the country. When that movie came out, it was number one. It was an amazing feeling. Number three, seeing the Red Hot Chili Peppers play on the North Pole. Got invited to uh, one of those gigs where they did it was for Molson's. My wife and I went. We were on a Russian ice cutter and going by icebergs and everything. And then we went and saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers with 150 people. It was great. Wow. Uh, I can't think of a a bigger nightmare. Uh, than getting going, than having to get on a boat to what Alaska? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would love way, to. I'd love to go to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert, but maybe here in New York, I wouldn't. You know, the, go to Alaska. Way, I loved it. If you read uh, Anthony Kiedis's book, he agrees with you. He said it was a nightmare. Of, of course, it was a nightmare. Poor guy was probably freezing his fucking balls off. I don't even and, understand why this is a list. We uh, they had to fill up a book. <laughs> to, to market to my audience what do you think uh, this was my worst four, nightmare meeting yes. president clinton now i've met a lot of celebrities in my life uh, i met arnold schwarzenegger i've met mickey mantle i've met jfk jr i've met some very 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 big stars so when i went to go meet bill clinton at his office for a book party i thought to myself well you know he's you know just another guy he walks over to me and he puts his left hand on my shoulder and he grabs my right hand and he goes, hi, I'm Bill. And I'm telling you, the electricity went through my body. It was such a rush to meet him, especially since I voted for him twice. Wow. Wow. All right. Charism- the charismatic man. Charism- yeah. Would you have given him a blowjob? It sounds like. weird Al Yankovic <laughs> on Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Uh, I love that show. I wanted to go on. Jeff Probst was hosting it. I wanted to prove that I was the buoy and I had all the rock and roll knowledge. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic was on one side. Casey from the Sunshine Band was on the other side. But the best moment of that was I got a question about Weird Al, and I clicked in before he did, and I won. And he looked at me like, hey, that's my question. Wow. Oh, that look. <laughs> I don't even understand this Number whole book. Winning $200,000 for Life Beat on Don't Forget the Lyrics. This is a great day on two levels. Uh, I got to go on that show, Don't Forget the Lyrics. Again, showing that I, my rock and roll knowledge had some validity, but winning uh, that I, amount I, of money from enough. the charity. That, that's it. I got to get out of this. It, uh, All right. Thank you. A long way, and it was just a great day. Thank you. Thank you. He won't stop. Uh, oh, that book drives me. There's just I a bunch even... of songs that, you know, just scream <laughs> the 70s to me. All right. Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan. <laughs> Benny and the Jets by Elton John. I, I'm always a bit of big Elton John fan, and I love that song. Oh I can see God. clearly now. I just see that coming out of a transistor radio <laughs> when I'm on the beat. I want you back, Jackson uh, 5. you got to you know, stop, Gary. Michael Jackson was awesome. Oh One of the God. best songs. Oh Play that God. funky music by Wild Cherry. Uh, okay, I had it with you. I'm hanging up on you. <laughs> Play that funky music. Great song. What do you see yourself as? A musicologist of some sorts? Uh, just a lover. What, what is it? A lover, a lover. An aficionado. 
You know, I, I understand that, that John I, Landau, who works with Bruce Springsteen, was a rock critic for Crawdaddy, went on to be a rock critic for 10 years, Rolling Stone, met Bruce Springsteen. Uh, they became collaborators on his music. Landau went on to represent and manage many groups. Uh, but wh- 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 I understand if he has a list of songs, but what wh- wh- you, uh, with your list of songs, is incredible. I mean, I don't even understand it. And even this reverse bucket list thing, a bucket list, in my opinion, is something that you'll never get to do. Why not but just call? You want to do before you die. That's what a bucket right. list is. I don't think and you can have a reverse bucket list because you my didn't book, sit around going. You didn't sit around going. You know what? One day, I hope I can see the Red Hot Chili Peppers in Alaska. And and then it got solved when you got to do it. That was never on your bucket list. Am I am I am I right about this? I mean, I don't want to be a, a ball buster here, but I don't think. You can have probably, a reverse I bucket should, list. I probably should have called it a list of things I never thought I'd get to do. Right. That would be a better. But you're, you're right. Yeah. Uh, King of All Blacks is on the phone, wants to weigh in about the anniversary of Gary's book. Oh. Yes, King. <laughs> Why does Gary think he's interesting? Now, he thinks every aspect of his life was interesting. <laughs> What's wrong with him? <laughs> I mean, I, I find it fascinating that a guy that does a podcast to 11 people is asking me why I think everybody's interested in my word. You do it every, every day to nobody. You, you're as narcissistic as they oh, come to me. Let me ask you something. I mean, Gary has, Gary has a point, King. I mean, you, I mean, Gary's on a radio show where people do listen to him. So maybe he's got yeah. an excuse. You doing a podcast to 11 people. Uh, you're kind of in the same boat. Why would you think that anybody thinks you're interesting? Well, I, first of all, I'm not on the show. Second of all, I get 10,000 lives when I'm on live. 10,000 people. So, so wait a second, you get 10,000 people? You you get 10,000 people when you're not there? That sounds like a great show. <laughs> no, no, no. When I'm doing, when I do, when I drop the video of the show... 10,000 people come in about seven hours, six hours. That's pretty good. That's, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, who cares? Let's go to Matt. Matt, you're on the air in New Hampshire. Hey now, Howard, how you doing this morning? Hey now. Hey now. Uh, now. You are absolutely right, sir. I mean, I got Gary's gift 10 years ago for my birthday. I honestly haven't read it, but one thing I cannot imagine doing is listening to the audio book. In every one of those lists. I mean, you're absolutely right about that. It's That's an embarrassment to the show. Well, I mean, I don't know what, why he's making these lists. I mean, I understand he had to fill up a book, but, I mean, Gary has nothing to do with music. And he's very involved with these lists of music and uh, jukebox music and music that he likes, music he brings to a desert island. I mean, it's... Desert it, 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 island discs. I want to be fair. Yeah, yes, uh, Gary Puppet, do you have a list? I do Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. This is what? By Steve. This is my Desert Island Discus. Uh, <laughs> okay. Lump, lump There's a woman on the phone who says, uh, stop making fun of Gary's book. I loved it. I bought it, and I enjoy it very much, and I want to make See? sure she is presented. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Hi. How are you? Yes. Yes. You say you bought the book. Yes. And you love it. All right. Yes, uh, you go, sir. Yeah, you you enjoy it. In other words, you're glad you spent the money. How many? Yeah. You, 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 it says here you bought seven copies of the book. Yes. Uh, was the book so fascinating you couldn't put it? I say, was the book so fascinating you, you couldn't put it down? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you find yourself uh, liking the book because you ate the book? You ate the pages? Yes. Yeah. Is, is is Gary the Hemingway of our time, in your opinion? Yes. 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 All right. Well, there you go. She she claims she ate seven yes. copies of your book and says you're the Hemingway <laughs> of our time. Fascinating. Yes. And did you, uh, let me ask you this. As a woman who says you endorse the book and you love it, do you understand the reverse bucket list? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Made sense to her. 
Would you say your favorite part yes. is the reverse bucket list? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Gary, I stand uh, corrected. This woman says it was worth the money. Bought several copies. Yes. And loved the uh, reverse bucket list and, and calls you a Hemingway. Uh, somewhere on par with Hemingway, who was considered one of our greatest writers. Howard, I, yes. I know you'd be surprised, but I swear to God, the book yes. still sells every year. Or, like, really? Mostly now on audio and uh, and um, Kindle, but it still sells. Mostly on I mean, audio. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like I get, a, I get a thing every six months, and it'll be like I sold like one hardcover, like four paperbacks, and the rest <laughs> is all audio and Kindle. But wow. uh, it sells a decent amount. Jesus. Maybe because maybe too. because we're talking about it, people get inspired to have a copy of it, have their own fun with it. Sure. Um, ma'am, I'm curious about your lifestyle. Do you own a jukebox? Is that it? <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. I yes. see. Yes. All right. Yes, sir. Um, yes. Thank you. So anyway, uh, Gary yes. spent endless. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, ma'am. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do you ever say no? Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Did you, when you had a, a shit box, I mean, a jukebox, did you ever shit in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you, have you shit in your diaper today? Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you, ma'am. All right. There she is. Your biggest fan. Uh, finally, um, Gary, as you know, Robin, spent endless pages of his book talking about music and his vinyl collection. And as a tribute, we used the drops from his book to call a clerk at a local record shop where Gary had an interesting dialogue. So here it is for your amusement on the 10th anniversary of Gary's book being published. Hello. Hi, I'm Gary. I love being that guy when it comes to music knowledge. Cool. No joke. I used all the money I earned mowing lawns and delivering newspapers to buy records. I stacked all my 45s on a shelf in my room right next to my bed in alphabetical order. Alphabetically by artist, okay. then chronologically. Sir, uh, not, not to, uh, is, is there anything I can help you find? It's just me on the floor right now. I wanted to know who sang the song. I can see clearly now. Okay, um, do you by chance have, uh, Google? Mm-hmm. Because you, you'll be able to find that a lot faster than me. <laughs> are you looking for the original version made famous by Johnny Nash in the 70s? Or are you looking for the Jimmy Cliff remake from the movie Cool Running? Okay, so these are all different songs you're looking for on vinyl? I was the guy who imported 99 Luft Balloons to Record World. That's not something to brag about. <laughs> what is, what the fuck? What do you mean you're, when you say in your book you were the guy who... Brought ninety nine loof balloons to America. I mean, to record world. What are you talking about? I was in charge of ordering all the imports for the record world for the biggest store. So I would decide which records to order based on you know what I would hear on the radio and stuff, or I people see. coming in and making requests. You know, a little bit of everything, kind of like a mini program director. Hmm. And you, well, how did so, the loof balloons thing come about? Did people request it or you heard it on the radio? I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. A lot, of it, a, a lot of it would be stuff that you'd hear on the radio. You know, WLIR oh, at the time. What, you, what you did was, let, let, let me, wait a second. <laughs> you opened up Billboard magazine. You saw what was selling. And uh, the no, record because store. Th that music wasn't in Billboard magazine. Nope. Right. I'm telling you. It wasn't you in you that's where were, a restaurant you, on a jukebox. You discovered <laughs> you discovered the 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 song somehow no, not in Billboard. I'm not I saying mean, I discovered. Did you fly to Germany that. and find them? I mean, no, what are you talking? I'm not saying about? I discovered it. I, I would say I that as, as you know, as, I'm not even. I wouldn't even say I discovered. It. I would say like you'd hear stuff on the radio and you'd hear like the radio station playing it a lot, and so you go, okay, I think that song is going to be big, so I better order a lot of it. You heard it on the radio already, and it wasn't on the Billboard chart. Right, because WLIR music wasn't on the Billboard charts. Okay. I mean, that's a fact, Howard. Uh, I bet whatever. you get 99 copies of 99 Luft Balloons. You were like a sommelier for music. You were the yeah, guy probably who... more like that. Right. <laughs> more like that. Like, people would tell me what was good, and then I would make sure it was available to the masses. This is exciting. On, on our phone right now, a Gary Audiobook is back, and he wants oh. to reveal his top concert list. Ooh. Now, uh, this is exciting. Yes, Gary Audiobook. Hi. Number one, Led Zeppelin, Physical Graffiti Tour, 1975, Nassau Coliseum. 
I went there with a friend, and we paid four dollars a piece for scalp. Oh, okay, okay, I, I've had enough. It's <laughs> you enough. can't it's take enough. it. I can't, I can't take it. <laughs> Gary, you have a record world playlist in the book. It's not songs Gary likes. It's songs that remind him of working at Record World. That is fascinating. Oh my God. Yeah, maybe they, okay, maybe what I would, would do be go a little on over, that list. A little over <laughs> I can imagine. I could probably tell you right. I probably went a little overboard on the list. But what type of song? <laughs> I guess 99 Love Balloons would remind you of It would be probably I worked there from like 80 to 83, so it would probably be all new wave music from around that era. I guess you make maybe it Michael seem Jackson. like working at Record World would be like working at WNEWFM in the uh, 60s and 70s. I mean, but I, it I was think, exciting. Think, really? But but it's okay. Hey, anyway, congratulations on the book, Thank Gary, uh, the 10th Thank anniversary you. of They Call Me Baba Booey. And, uh, wow, it, still it gets sell. me worked up. <laughs> Please let's not bring up the book anymore. It gets me worked up. <laughs> you don't want to mark the anniversary huh? anymore? Not my idea. No. If we're, if we're here for the 20th anniversary, don't mark it. Maybe it's enough for that book. I, I know things that annoy you, Howard. I would not have brought this up. <laughs> no, I know. I, I don't know whose idea it was, but they shouldn't have brought it up. It's terrible. Yeah. Maybe I next forgot. I can do my favorite pictures in my office. L- a list of songs that remind Gary of working at Record World. Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Wow. Yeah. Now, do Mom, the Davis people the who made... What? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, Robin. Do the people who made 99 Luft Balloons know how much they owe to Gary? I don't believe they do. Uh, who, <laughs> they don't owe me anything. They well, yes, anything. they do, Gary. You brought I just it to said record that world. I ordered it because people were asking for it. <laughs> what is the name of the band that did 99 Luft Balloons? Nana. Nana. Did you ever receive any kind of uh, a, a, a sort of accommodation or a... a Old uh, record? Nothing. A, nothing. nothing. And you're the guy who brought it to um, Record World. The one store in Record World or all the Record Worlds? The one store, but it was the biggest store in the chain. The big, it was the big store. Where was that, in Hempstead? Roosevelt Field. Roosevelt Field. You brought the 99 Luft Balloons to Roosevelt Field. Congratulations. I I That's worthy of being in a book. <laughs> that, that you absolutely deserve some sort of accolade. I can't believe you go unrecognized. Yeah, I was yeah. the Alan Freed of the Big Teeth set. <laughs> wow, what a book! And 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 it's been around ten years, and Gary claims it still sells. So there you go. Let's go to Bobo, who probably wants to congratulate. Oh, I see. There's a Gary song before we go to Bobo. Oh. Uh, let's see. Where is the Gary song? Let me take a look I at heard this. Heard a Gary song in a while. Here you go. All right, there it is. <laughs> you know, I wrote a book, and I never thought once, you know, I was a dishwasher. I should have made a list of songs that remind me of being a dishwasher. <laughs> being a dishwasher. What did you listen to while you were washing dishes? Honestly, they didn't let us play music. I had to wash ah. the dishes without any music. No, do you have a list in your book? I mean, it's it's a legitimate list, but I think you have a list of your favorite guests on the show. Absolutely, it was inspired by you. <laughs> really? Yeah, I got that idea reading. Uh, they call me Baba Buha. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. All right, Gary, congratulations. Good for you. Thank you. Isn't that something, Gary? Ten year anniversary of that book. You know, it really is. It does hold up. Amazing. I mean, every time we're just baffled by it. <laughs> It's Never ceases to baffle. Uh oh, he's Gary audiobook is back on the the air. What is it, Gary uh, audiobook? When I think uh-huh. of these songs, I just put together a list of songs that just remind me of working at the record store. So in no particular order, uh, only time will tell by Asia. Every breath you take by the police. Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Flashdown to the feeling by Irene Cara. Down under by Men at Work. Sweet dreams are made of this by the Eurythmics. Not only does the, the list annoy me, the connection annoys me that it's breaking <laughs> up. I mean, everything about it annoys me. A list of songs that remind me of working at Record World. Sweet dreams are made of these. The Eurythmics. What do I do with That's this? a list. Uh, how many people could have worked at Record World? That's a, a list that only five or ten people. Yeah. Wow. 
could indulge in and say, oh, yeah, right. We used to play that. I would love to see a documentary on Gary writing the book, coming up with that list. I would. Or uh, the, uh, these, how did they come up with all of these lists? The reverse bucket list. Whose yeah. idea was that? That was Gary's, I believe. Yes, Robert, <laughs> you're on in Pennsylvania who wants to commemorate the 10th anniversary of They Call Me Baba Booey. Yeah. Yes, uh, Robert, are you there? Hmm. No, Robert. Let's go to Bobo, who says, uh, good morning, Bobo. Hey, now, Howard, I see some sort of pattern here emerging rapidly before my eyes. First, Marianne from Brooklyn gets blocked from Chris. Now he blocked me as well, Howard. He can't take He's the type of guy that can't take any heat. And he scurries away with his little ball and goes home. What happened to the having thick skin to roll with the Howard Stern show like I had for all these years? How much shrapnel did well, I first of all, show, right? First Howard? of all, first of all, uh, Bobo. Yeah. You don't work on the show. Exactly. So when you describe shrapnel that you take, uh, no it one's asking you to comes take out anything. Shrapnel every time he says it. Shrapnel. But I'm saying, like, if you guys read like negative email, or you, you know, you're doing so. Would you or whatever, Would you say, say shrapnel again? Say the word again. Shrapnel. <laughs> say one more time because it's 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 radio gold. Go ahead. Shrapnel. Shrapnel. Say again. Right. S H R A P N E L. Shrapnel. Say. Shrapnel. Okay. Shrap you got it. Shrapnel. Yeah. Trap now. Trap now. Trap now. Mel. Uh, listen, uh, what is what? What are you saying? I'm I'm so distracted by the way you speak. You're saying that, that Chris, Chris Wilding... Wilding blocked me for okay. some apparent reason. I don't know now, why. Now understand something, Bobo. I I don't know Chris Wilding's uh, view on who he blocks and who he doesn't. Nor do I care. But he's got an account. I imagine I would do the same thing if there are nudniks on there who are constantly badgering him. He would block them. Why would you want to hear but that? I don't badger Why would... him. I never badger him. That's the whole thing. Well, In fact, we used to DM each other a few times, and I don't know why. Out of the blue, he blocked me. So what do you care? No, I'm just saying. I just it seems like a pattern here. First, Marianne, then me. Like but who cares? Who cares if Chris kind of Wilding blocks you from his feet? Is it that important to you to be friends with Chris Wilding? No, not at all. Then what's no, your problem? I'm just trying to bring a point. Well, the what's point, the point was election night, right? At the party, yeah. he couldn't have taken when someone called him out, right? Are so you what? watching the U.S. election for the first time? He storms out and, and Bobo, shuts off his... Bobo, uh, Bobo you got to get a grip on reality. Who cares about Chris? You're calling me up again about Chris Wilding's Instagram account. And the fact that you've been blocked. Do I give a shit? No, I just thought of bring it to light. That, you know, why why you bring know, it to light? Why, what is the light? Nobody cares about Chris Wilder. You're shining a light on something nobody cares about. Except you. Do you, you. understand? No, Who I cares if somebody funny, blocks right? somebody on Instagram? Yeah. I got to pass wind. You ready? <laughs> did you hear it? <laughs> yes. <I did. laughs> Wasn't that good? I'm bringing light on. Uh... Oh, it stinks in here. Oh, well, God. now you're the I... only one who has to live with it. What did I eat last night? Mm. <laughs> oh, I know what I ate. I ate my Indian food. I ate, um, there's a bean called dal. Yes. I have that with basmati rice and green beans. And that's what I ate. And it. Oh, that's a combustible. It. That sounds combustible. <laughs> yeah, I eat that right. once a week to stay skinny. <laughs> the um, Alex, the Maharishi that? taught me about that. When I lived in a uh, monastery for a year, the uh, Maharishi, they, they would serve you two meals a day. And every day for lunch and dinner, we had the bean dal, basmati rice, and stream beans. Steam. <sighs> I I'm loved not a big it. String bean fan. I loved it. You know, steam string bean. I don't like string beans at all. My mother was a terrible cook, and she traumatized me with string beans. And people would complain, and I would be like, "What are you complaining about? This is delicious, and it's free." I mean, I paid a hundred dollars a month to live there, 
And Who I got are you a meal. complaining to? Wasn't this the place with a vow of silence? <laughs> yeah, but you were allowed to talk for an hour a day. And sometimes oh, I got exactly. to talk to some of the people who had taken the vow of silence. Uh, yeah. And then they could get all their complaining out. But I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to have a thing called walk and talk for an hour. I see. And let me tell you, that silence was beautiful. I didn't have to hear Bobo talking about Chris Wilding's Instagram account. But I'm recognizing a pattern. Yeah, Marianne, he keeps well, sucking up to Marianne, Marianne too, Bobo. Bobo always like is he's always defending Marianne. She's not your friend. She doesn't even like you anymore, from what I can tell. Yeah, she is. We're friends. Really? We're friends, Howard. Yeah. Let me see. Friends. I gotta let me fact check that. I gotta che- fact four. check you like uh Trump. Yes. <laughs> Marianne, you're friends with him again? We are? We're, we reunited. We're, we're better. We're much better than we were after he threw me under the bus. Because I'm a forgiver, Howard. I don't even know Chris. Why were you mad at him in the guy. first place? I don't even remember. He, remember when he said that I gave, I, was a, uh, I gave that AG tickets like I was a prima donna, and that really took a toll on me for months, and I didn't speak to him for a long time. But then I thought about friendship, and I didn't want to throw it away. So, you know, Chris does work for the show. I have nothing to do with him. What I did want to tell you was, Howard, I was at Gary's book signing, and the book is more than just lists. It's, like, about his family, his mom growing up. I had a, a wacky mom, too, so I really By the way, was, uh, you see, when, when I used to do America's Got Talent, uh-huh. Marianne, they would give her tickets to give out to, like, various people. 13. Because Marianne's a devoted fan, and, you know, yeah. she was the most normal one to deal with. And, yeah, um, I mean, high-pitched Eric couldn't handle that. So, like, the, the producers you know, would come Howard, to me and say, hey, do you want... in touch with Jason Riff and all those people? So the producers got in, you know, they said, do you mind giving Marianne some tickets? I said, no, by all means. She's a real <laughs> fan, and uh, sure, give her, give her tickets, treat her like a princess, and let her give out the tickets to people who want them. Yeah. But I didn't realize the stress it was going to cause, because now Marianne was the gateway, the ticket holder for all the whack pack. And so people started to think that she was favoring some over others or thinking That's right. she was a big shot yeah like a big shot like bobo started calling her a big shot she prima donna <laughs> yeah. the way she's handing out the tickets and i'm like dude she can't give you a ticket every week she's got other people she's got to give tickets to and the, the whole thing, thing is i gave him a ticket every week you know how now i'm getting mad at him again my blood is boiling. <laughs> oh no you know I mean, i'm being quiet man why did marianne he took his family and his son and his everybody, and I gave him an ex, you know the extra ticket that I could have given to someone else. Now I'm getting mad again, Bob. While my blood is boiling. Well, of course you are, Don't because Marianne, uh, what did you do to this guy for him to call you a prima donna? You helped him out every week. What did you do wrong? No, seriously, I don't know I'm my asking. She's going down where I'm fighting with everyone. I don't want to go out that way. I want to go out on a high note where I'm I'm friends with everyone. And now, you know, Bobo Howard's right. You should have never done that to me. And I put it on the back burner because I know we had a long history of friendship about the show. And you even That's came right. to my house. No, and Bobo, why did table. you why oh, did you feel she was Bobo? Why did you why did you feel she was being a prima donna when she was giving you tickets? I'm not, every you week? know, Howard, I'm not going. She's too valuable to me as a friend. I'm not going down that road. Really. Well, I'm going down the road. Why did you say that? We talked in private about that, man. You know, but there was mistake. some feeling I, I, behind it. Did you well, feel that she was kind nah, of like... zero feeling. What? Why would you say something like that? It was stupid of me. It was something it was I blurted out. It was dumb. It was dumb. Trust me when I tell you it was dumb. But there must Alex, have been something she did. Do you want to know how much of a saint my husband is? My husband would come home for dinner as we were leaving and take pictures of us like we were going to the prom. He would be in my house every day, Bobo. I made him a sandwich and, and gave him something to eat because he drove from Long Island and came here. And I drove him to the city every show, 13 shows times three and a half years. Then and by the way, and then, he, uh, and then he repaid you by saying you're a tyrant and a prima donna. Yeah. No good deed goes unpunished, Howard. <laughs> really? I mean, you I couldn't have been straight. Bubba, were you therapist. jealous that Marianne got the tickets? Is that it? No, she was a sweetheart. She distributed them nice. Everything was good. I told So why did you say it? it was stupid. She couldn't be any nicer. What are you kidding? So why you're not being honest with us. Yeah, you're not, now you're downplaying it. 
But <laughs> but at the time, there was something going on. Yeah, definitely. He hit me with a lot of shrapnel. Shrapnel. <laughs> All right. Truth well, thank you. Howard, when you bring it up now, I feel very bad about it again. And I, it really bothers me because he knows how hard I worked. And then oh. he knows if he puts something out there on the air that people, like, take it, oh, she thinks who she is. I don't think who I am. I'm not king of all blocks. I'm Marion. I have a lot of connections of beautiful friends and a family. So when he does something like that to me, who I've gone above and beyond the call of duty as Absolutely. being a friend, listening to him and doing favors for him and pointing him in the right direction, and for him to say that is extremely hurtful again. <laughs> Why well, I had right. to bring it up today, I don't know, but... Yeah, it was very painful, I remember that. Yeah, I didn't painful. bring it up. We had over 25 years of great friendship. That's all. We still do. And and who ended it? <laughs> Why would you end he it, then? Did, right. He was Why? terrible to me. Why would you say she's a prima donna? Yeah. There must have been some behavior that he didn't like, and he's not being honest now. Either it was a Maybe jealousy on his part or something Marianne did. You know right. what it is, Howard? We have mended the fences together, and I feel good. We're in a good place, and I don't want to rock anything. I don't even want to think about that. That was a bad But, Boba, Boba. I want you to ask your therapist why you did that to me now. Now that Howard brought it back up, I want to know why you would treat a friend that way, because then I'm not a friend. Why did you do that to me? You know how good I am. You, you, oh, yeah, I know, fair. and I said it, and I said but it. But why won't you answer the question? something going on in the air. No, no, maybe there was some deep underlying issue that you yeah. didn't like. No. Sat in my car and I drove us. Every I know that. Hours. I know that. I you know, sometimes the, the, in I, life, you, you mess up, you say something stupid. You know? No, so look at I'll all tell you what. Years, man. You many a truth, many a, a truth, many a truth is said in jest. Right, this there wasn't was even some... a jest, Howard. Well, this was him was depicting Marianne as like a dictator who commandeered the tickets and only gave them to who she thought deserved them. Robin, right. I saved the books. I have books of the people who came, of people who reached out to me, strangers that were just fans of the show who had go. no way of getting there. It's a sad and story. I tried my best. The horrible so I know you but... did, and somehow but... Bobo resented you, you for it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I didn't use that. It was a stupid audience. One second, Bobo Puppet uh, wants to say pregnant. something. Yes, Bobo Puppet. She, she was like Kim Jong Un with a vagina. <laughs> she was a dictator. She was a brutal, brutal dictator, and I will never forget that. Bobo, but I'm Puppet. not driving down that road anymore. No, no, right. no. Case closed. Case closed. Case closed. Well, well <laughs> Bubble Puppet, you can't make a what statement like that and say she's Kim Jong-un with a vagina and then let her... I'm sorry. Case closed. Vladimir Putin with a quitterish. <laughs> hey, Bubble Puppet, why did you say that to me? Why did you yeah. say I didn't disperse the tickets fairly? Come on, Bubble Puppet, maybe you'll come clean because the real Bubble won't come clean again and now Wait I'm all a agitated. She's starting to become like a bitch again. all right thank you to marianne thank you bobo thank you bobo puppet thank you everybody i'm going to take a short break we'll be back right after this Um, oh no gary audiobook is back on the phone oh no he claims this is a great list he has a bad storytelling song list oh yes gary audiobook Earlier in the book, I talked about how I used to listen to AM radio in the early 70s, and uh, I would listen to Casey Kasem all the time, and there were songs that, you know, you had to listen to the whole song. They told the story. There was the verse and the chorus or whatever, but you had to get to the end of the song to, to hear how it all turned out. These aren't right. great songs. These are just sort of the greatest bad storytelling songs that I can remember. So in no particular order, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia by Vicki Lawrence, Billy Don't Be a Hero by Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods. Okay. Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves by Cher. Oh, this song is so bad. I'm you. confused, Gary. Is, is it a bad list, Jack. a bad song list, or a good song list? I don't understand what that is. A bad storytelling song list. All right, thank you, Gary Audiobook. I Shot the Sheriff by Eric Clapton. Actually, that's a good song. Angie by <laughs> Helen Reddy. Why is Brandy, it on the You're list? a Fine Girl by Looking Glass. Me and Mrs. Jones, We Got a Thing Going On by Billy Paul. It was a great song. All right. All right, thank you, Gary. Right, I hear you. Yeah. Patches by Clarence Carter. Oh, I love this one. Ride, Captain Ride by Blues Image. Oh, this song is as bad as it gets. 
Run, Joey, Run by David Getty. Daddy, don't you walk so fast. So it's a, Robin, it's a list that says these are bad These story are storytelling tell- songs, <clears throat> and he thinks they're bad, but then something slipped in that was good. But how could, he wrote the book. How could that? How could I shot the sheriff slip in if he, he goes? Oh, <laughs> this is a good song actually. Like he didn't write that. He didn't put that uh, on the list. Do you think someone wrote the book for him and then he just like <laughs> that, corrected it and, and wrote I? Uh, no, no, no. Actually, this is a good song and they forgot to. Wow. And do you think when Mrs. Gary Jones, they're a great song. When Gary's home with his wife, does he present her with these lists or does he? I pretty bet much... you she's heard a million lists. Wow. I know. Lovely woman, but she looks That's a little shell-shocked. That's why she hardly speaks. Her, her head yeah. is full of lists. <laughs> well, I've spent a lot of time with Gary and Mary, and I tell you what, Mary has given up trying to talk around Gary. She just stopped <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Do you ever present Mary with these lists or musical-type lists? No, but, I mean, I, I will admit that she's the only one left in the house for me to talk to, <laughs> and I do believe that during this pandemic... I right. might have pushed it to the limit. <laughs> Every time, I'm going to save your marriage right now. Every time you feel like you need to talk about your list, you call me. I'll, I'll listen to you. <laughs> don't, don't lay it on your wife. I'm telling you. Really? You're going to listen? That's right. I want to save his marriage. She's going to run away from him. I know it. One because you can just set up a hotline. Just give it to yeah. the hotline, Gary. Right. She, she's so into politics right now. Like She'll be like looking at stuff, and I'll hear her go, ooh, and I'll go, like, what's up? And it'll be something that has to do with the election. So... Last night, I, w- I was in my office, and I went, ooh, because uh, a, a baseball manager got uh, had got a DUI. And she goes, what's going on? I go, uh, a baseball manager, she just goes, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy, you're That's on the funny. air in Texas. Yes, Jeremy. Hey, Howard. Hey, Robert. Um, hey, I just wanted to comment on uh, Dr. Agus. I hope uh, Biden gets him on his advisory panel. I've been texting him since he announced that on your show he literally responds to every question i have within a day and uh, even the last one about the the virus strain in mink in denmark you know mutating and potentially being another scary strain that the vaccine will work on he responds within you know, a yeah, day i'm amazed by this uh this gentleman dr agus oh, who amazing, i've uh, yes. become very friendly with and He's got a text you know he gives out this number to text him and he'll answer your questions about anything medical uh, particularly COVID, and um, it's funny. It's his, he responds immediately. It's his actual. Te- it's at his actual phone. Like, like he's not giving out like some kind of uh, promotional line. Right. And everyone I speak to goes, "Hey, thanks for turning me on to Doctor Agus's uh, texting." Because um, I, I, whenever I have a medical question, I I just text him and he gets right back to me. And I'm like, I don't know how he's pulling that off. I told but. you once. He didn't get back to me right away. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't even an important question. It was just a point of information I needed. And I could have waited for it. And I don't know. It was still within less than 24 hours. And he apologized profusely. I am so sorry it took me so long to answer. But I was on a flight to Israel. I was like, you don't have to apologize to me. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, I actually used to feel really special because when I met him, I would text him all the time. And I met him around the time Robin uh, got cancer. And I thought, wow, I'm very special. I have this inside line to this fabulous That's cancer right. Who specialist. That's right. gives you their real phone number? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I find out he's giving it out to everybody. I mean, literally, <laughs> he'll get on the air and give out his uh, text. So I'm yeah, not so I used special. Yeah, I feel special, too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's a great service, and uh, he does it. I said to him, Are you, is it some kind of financial gain? Or No, he's just, no I just he I'm a doctor. This is what I do. Yeah. yeah he's, he's amazing how he believes in the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah, I, I thought that guy was a hypocrite, but he's not. He's the real deal. <laughs> no, he's, he's such a great guy. He's a saint. I might put him up for sainthood. And, yes, I support the idea of uh, him being um, anything to do with Biden. I think it would be great. I know. Well, I'm I, sure I, he's he's weighing in wherever he can and is asked to. And he's always, you know, he always knows what's going on and who those people are that wind yeah. up on those task forces or committees. 
Well, I also know he's been uh, very instrumental in um, speaking to the Trump administration. He doesn't care about politics. He cares about getting rid of the virus. So he's 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 uh, dealing with both. But, but as far as being on some sort of task force, it would make absolute sense. He's uh, definitely at the forefront and a great guy and a great doctor. And I can't say so, uh, you know what? Him. I even have to say he's brilliant. There you go. And Robin doesn't <laughs> oh, Robin doesn't even say that about me. She I don't throw that word around. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's go to um, Robert over in South Carolina. What can I do for you, Robert? Everybody, I just wanted to say thank God we're off of politics and talking about Gary's dumb shit audio (laughs) book. Yeah, I know what you mean, Robert. As a a former, I'm sorry, as a former, somebody who worked for Congress for about seven years, I could say I'm sick of it. And I, uh, this is such a relief. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find that dumb shit audiobook. <laughs> yes. In fact, Robert, there's somebody who wants to speak to you. His name Great. is Gary Audiobook. He wants to tell you his Desert Island disc list. Go ahead, Gary. So these are 10 records that if I had to go to a desert island, I could only bring them with me. What would I bring? Well, no surprises here. You know, I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, so I would definitely bring Born to Run. It's my favorite of all his records, and it was just a time and place in my life where I could just go from the beginning to the end and love every song on it. You still with us, Robert? Well, barely. uh, (laughs) Barely. I'm I'm thinking that drying out in the sun and dying slowly might be better. Right. Got you. Well, Robert, I'll let you go. Uh, you say you were in Congress, Thank and you, you you are glad the yep. election is over, and I, I guess you're ready to move on. Is that the point? Yes, sir. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I dream of the day where I wake up and I don't even think about politics or think about the presidency or any of that. That's where I, I, I'm tired of it all. I really Yeah, am. I'm like you, Howard. I had a couple of days of feeling good. And then, you know, shenanigans are, are being, no, are no. trying to be stirred up again. And it, it just, you know, brought it all back. No, we're not out of this just yet. No, no, we're not. And Howard, Howard, maybe I missed it, but I think, I think really a civics lesson would help a lot of people. And quite frankly, why don't you, why don't you inform people where money comes from? You know, you ask people, Oh, well, where's your money come from? How, what is that based on? And not a soul knows. Well, if you're talking about politicians and how all of them get rich, I think that's what you're referring to. Am I correct? No, I'm, I'm referring to the everyday person. If you say you have money, what is that money based on? And, and money and, well, money and politics go hand in hand. That's not even a, that's not even really something to explore. But I'm just saying just a basic lesson in government that people don't seem to have. Well, you got that right. I can't believe how many people in this country are ready to give up their freedom, ready to question our whole system of elections. I um, I tell you, maybe it's right. I, I, I'll become a professor, and I will start to uh, give people lessons <laughs> in civics. Thank you. Well, if, if there's one lesson, uh, if people want to get a lesson, there's something on Netflix now called What the Constitution Means to Me. I'm and not it's watching really, that. really, oh, God help us. You know what I watched <laughs> last night? You got to hear <laughs> this. So shout well, wait Stevens. a minute. Let me just say yeah. the, what the Constitution means to me. It's a one woman show that this woman created. She actually gave speeches like this when she was a young girl to, to, uh, win contests and, and, uh, provide money for her college education. And then she turns it into a, a play. And it's really brilliant. And it tells you a lot about the Constitution. I'll tell you why I'm not watching it. <laughs> so Shadow Stevens wrote me an email. He says, Hey, just so you know, I know you're, you and your wife like these, uh, lifetime kind of movies. Yeah. His daughter is starring in one of those movies that you oh, make really? fun of me for yeah that you make fun of me for watching it's about she was such a cute little girl i remember her boy a cute little girl you should see what she looks like now mama <laughs> lucian boy is she hot well she had beautiful parents i'll tell you that you know shadow married a black woman 
And they have a, uh, what do you call that, interracial baby kind of thing? Uh, uh, mixed race, yes, something that. like that, yes. That's my favorite. And uh, you That's should what's see. your favorite? <laughs> whatever, uh, this uh, Shadow's daughter is quite attractive. My wife and I are watching her movie on Lifetime, and it's, uh, don't you watch it. Because it won't will... teach anything about the Constitution? <laughs> she plays a reporter who is given her first assignment to investigate a guy who every Christmas gives away about $2 million worth of Christmas gifts. Oh, God, I'm going to throw up from the schmaltz. Hold it. That's not all. <laughs> she goes to interview him. Oh, boy. And they can't figure out where the money's coming from. And he says, you've got to believe in the spirit of Christmas. Now, he's a good-looking guy, and she's a knockout. I'm buying the spirit of Christmas because of the way you look, yeah. I love romance. <laughs> I love romance. And uh, I like watching her. She's good. And she's a good actress. What's her name? Amber Stevens West. I guess she married somebody. Oh, okay. Yeah, Amber Could Stevens. Could drop the West. Stevens name though. <laughs> yeah, no, she didn't. If you listen, when you're the daughter of Shadow Stevens, you use that. That opens up doors in Hollywood. Whoa! I mean, <laughs> you're Shadow Stevens' hear, daughter. Did you say you were Shadow? You don't need to audition, honey. You come right in as soon as they hear that Stevens name. Anyway, uh, so she meets this guy, and you know, right away she's interested in, him, but she she's got to be up to something. How is he coming up with $2 million worth of gifts at Christmas time to uh -huh. give out to people for free? He says, there's nothing more to the story except you got to believe in Christmas. And she's like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Well, he says, look, she goes, how do you even deliver these gifts? He goes, my friend Chris delivers them. Chris, Chris who? Chris Kringle. <laughs> and you're watching this. <laughs> watching it. You can't turn it off. How long does it take to watch it? <laughs> uh, we love, well, we're still in it. We're, we, we, Beth uh, was getting tired. She said, I don't want to miss any of it. So uh, <laughs> we put it on pause. I even, oh, we even made goodness. a pact. We would not admit to anyone that we're watching this. <laughs> but uh, I have to do it. I have to come clean. The movie's oh, called goodness. Christmas Unwrapped. And um, that goes uh, on uh, the list, Gary, of things not to do. <laughs> Well, I hear she's uh, going to, uh, well, I'm at the point in the story where she's going to go to a big Christmas ball with him. I'm hoping she's going to get into a great outfit for the Christmas ball. <laughs> because for the for the most of the movie, she's wearing like reporter type clothing. Oh, very like business to, uh, yeah. dogs. Yes. They go on any, um, uh, he, he, they make a date for dinner and they're, they're eating outdoors, which I hate. It's freezing cold out, and she's wrapped up in a coat like a mummy. And I'm like, that girl's got a rocking body. Let's get her in some. Let's get her indoors and warm her up a bit. Overheat her. How about eating in a hot tub? Yeah. Here, here's the uh, plot. Charity, that's uh, Shadow's daughter, an ambitious yet pragmatic reporter, learns the true meaning of Christmas when she investigates Eric Gallagher, a millionaire and beloved member of the town, who insists that all the gifts that arrive on Christmas Day every year are from none other than Santa himself. Wow. Next. <laughs> Next. You got to watch That's what it. I would do if I read that little blurb <laughs> about a movie. I love it. I don't even know why they have such things as lifetime movies. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I just saw another terrible. movie I'm going to watch. There's some other movie I'm going to watch. I made it here. Wait a second. Oh, you got a whole list. Look at list, yeah. Mr. List. Hold on, here's my list. Never mind my list. I make I have important lists here. Hold on. <laughs> there you go. Happiest season on Hulu, Kristen Stewart lesbian movie. Yeah. Oh this is what I God. Well, this is what I uh, this is what I recorded. This my is so iPhone. sad. It is so so sad. I just saw an advertisement for this. Listen to this. Kristen Stewart is in a lesbian relationship in the movie, and she... and that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about the plot. <laughs> that's all I want to see. I love lesbian love. I love it so much. I'm so pro lesbian. I don't know what to do with myself. I watched a porn. For the first time in my life, I watched the porn. After I've seen this porn, I'm watching it again. What? 
Yes. It's oh. on uh, you porn. It's getting I don't know really the... bad. Yeah. Well, I've been I've <laughs> been locked get in out the house. Of that house. I've been locked in the house for eight months. You got to hear this. I saw this a couple of months ago on you porn. This school teacher is going to the gym. She walks out of the house. She's in like tight, tight yoga pants and one of those belly shirts. You know, with the whole belly is exposed. It's like a bra top. Anyway, she's getting into her car. Her two students, two female students show up. They're in their bikinis. They're